I'm Alex Trepchinski. I'm Angie Check. I'm Barbara Stewart. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I'm Marin Green. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Valerie Jacobson. And this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN. I'm Dr. Nathan Riley, the Holistic OBGYN. I've got a practice website at belovedholistics.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter there. And you can find show notes for this episode. Make a donation to the show. Lots of goodies wait you if you make a generous donation. That's all at holisticobjoanpod.com. Everything you hear on this episode and every episode of the Holistic OBJN podcast is not medical advice. It is educational, it is informational, and it is entertaining, hopefully. And actually, if you find it entertaining and you haven't gone to iTunes, you're probably listening to iTunes right now, go onto the podcast, leave us a five-star review if you like what I'm putting down. And I thank you. I thank you for your continued support. My guest today is Adrienne Irizarry. She is a peri-steam professional. And what that means is she, through the lens of Chinese medicine, creates special herbal concoctions for a variety of women's health issues. She's become a great resource to me and to my clients. Um, you can call it vaginal steaming, perineal steaming, yoni steaming, pelvic steaming. Because even if you're a man or you don't have female genitalia, you can benefit from this. It's uh, basically, you put a whole bunch of herbs in a pot, like tea, you boil it up, you sit on a stool with a hole, and you allow the steam to, to cleanse your, your external genitalia. If you're a female, you'll actually get some steam up into the vagina, into the cervix, into the uterus, out through the fallopian tubes. It's a full cleansing practice, but it has implications from endometrial cancer to PCOS to pelvic pain to endometrial hyperplasia to cervical dysplasia to frequent vaginal or vulvar infections. The, the list goes on and on. For men, you're going to get the anal area is going to be steamed, the perineum, your testicles, your penis, everything gets steamed. And it works by increasing blood flow to the area. So for postpartum moms, for example, your whole pelvis is healing. And by improving blood flow, you're going to get more oxygen, more nutrients in and more of the metabolites from that healing process out. It's an awesome technology. And it's very ancient. This has been around for a very long time. So I've been recommending it to people for years. It's only now that I've got Adrian in my back pocket to send people to when I find clients that I know can benefit. Because I can recommend that they steam. But the proprietary herbal concoctions are something that uh, are really beyond my pay grade. And that's why Adrian is here. So enjoy my conversation with Adrian Irizarry. We're talking about yoni steaming, which is a trove of healing. Adrian, welcome, 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 welcome. Let's start off by just talking about the, the basics here. I've been recommending vaginal steaming to patients and clients since I was fresh out of residency because I heard about this and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I, I remember hearing Kelly Garza, the steamy chick, on an interview, and she's actually the one who connected me with you um, because you are a prolific vaginal steaming uh, practitioner, so to speak, even though you probably can't use the word practitioner, it's it's more of a, um, but it is something you practice and that you you meet with people one-on-one. And so whenever I, I say to a client, hey, I think you should consider vaginal steaming, what are we talking about here? 
I am a, I mean, I call myself a practitioner. Um, I'm a certified peristeam hydrotherapist. So I've gone to school and I've learned some things in order to be able to support people um, in this way. Vaginal steaming is the practice of sitting over the right temperature water and the right herbs for whatever it is that we're looking to support the body with and for, um, depending on what's showing up. Um, It's a very gentle way to increase circulation and provide uh, certain resources to the body to help a large range of gynecological issues. Right on. That's pretty succinct. So (laughs) the way that this looked like for my wife and I is we had a baby and within the first 48 hours or so, I prepared her a steam, which was like 10 to 20 different herbs that her mother, she's Mexican, so her mother brought back this giant garbage bag of herbs. (laughs) And we ground them all up. We mixed them all together. And she did a steam once or twice a day for about two weeks. And it really, really supported her. I mean, she stopped bleeding more quickly. She felt better. Her belly felt better. Her fundus was smaller. Her belly, kind of that bloating feeling you get, I think that went down faster. And, you know, it's also like it was her time. You know, I was with the baby and we've had toddler and we had a newborn at home recently. And it was just her time. It was like, hey, honey, I'm going to go get the herbs ready. She would wrap herself up in a towel. We had actually, instead of one of your fancy boxes, which we'll talk about, um, she had one of those commodes, the bedside commodes that people use like in, in the geriatric population. We just plop her on there, put the pot underneath and yep. let the steam do its magic. And what I loved about what you said is, um, and I'm actually going to get into the language we talked about actually before we started recording, but when we talk about treatment of a disease, that's an allopathic thing. Like, oh, oh <laughs> you fit into this neat box and I'm going to give you this drug to fix your problem. Mm-hmm. But what I do in my practice and what you do in your practice is we're not treating anything. We're actually helping to sort support the body in its efforts to go back to a state of homeostasis, meaning we're balancing the hormones, we're balancing the tissue, we're balancing the blood. And, and all of that together is, is carefully coordinated by our bodies if given the right tools in order to support our health and help us live a long, healthy life. So, um, so I love what you said about that. So, you know, I, I mentioned postpartum, maybe we could start there and talk a little bit how, about how you might work with a woman postpartum. Um, I also would love to hear, how do you select herbs? Like what is the process by which you come to the right concoction or the right frequency or timing for a patient? Yeah, absolutely. So postpartum care is actually the most universal use of pelvic steaming. Um, It's known as yoni steaming, vaginal steaming. I often will refer to it as pelvic steaming because it's a lot more inclusive. I also work with both female and male clients, um, non-binary clients. So, So you may hear me use the term kind of interchangeably depending on on the topic. Um, but pelvic steaming is most universally used around the world for postpartum recovery. And it does all of those things that you mentioned where you were noticing that the fundal height, you know, came down a lot faster. The bloating, um, any trauma that there is, birth trauma to the pelvic floor, whether there's stitching and tears or not, it can help with uh, speeding the healing process because you're increasing circulation. You're using a sterile medium to be able to to treat the area. You know, there is a little bit of mixed information out there about 
uh, using sits baths versus vaginal steaming. But um, I can definitely say that I believe that vaginal steaming is a much more sterile way to be able to facilitate this kind of healing. Right on. You know, the audio cut out there for just a second, but you're basically reiterating that by increasing circulation, by increasing um, the delivery and the removal of the metabolites that the body needs to take care of itself, that's why we're seeing a wide variety of pay- of people in whom you see a benefit from this theming. And we're going to get into some of those other specific topics. When I first met you, you had mentioned that you come at this from a uh, more of a Chinese medicine approach. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you bring that philosophy? I mean, which, by the way, Chinese medicine is based on a rebalancing process. It's not a treatment of disease. It is, let's support the body in order to do what the body does. And, and I also, one other little caveat is, even if you have had a baby and you had no tearing and you had mm-hmm. no bleeding, you had no nothing visibly traumatic there, the pelvic floor the pubic symphysis, all of those structures undergo a great deal of trauma. And yes. it's the body's remodeling process that is going to determine how well you your body performs or feels to you for the mm-hmm. months or even decades later. So, uh, you know, one one thing that comes to mind is we have, you know, the, the, the anal sphincter, for example. It's p- compressed, it's stretched, it's perhaps even damaged in some way. And if we don't support the perineum, the pelvic floor, the sphincters, and I mean, even the, the perineal and, and perhaps even intraanal, you know, tissues, you may not actually go back to 100% function after birth. And maybe 100% is not really what we're aiming for. Maybe like really, really good though is what we're aiming for. And a lot of women don't yeah. identify that. Um, and they think, oh, I don't need steaming. I didn't tear anything. Well, <laughs> not so fast. There's a lot of restructuring that takes place. Um, and so anyways, I wanted to add that in as a little caveat, but tell me a little bit more about your, the lens of Chinese medicine and how that kind of comes into your selection of herbs and whatnot. Absolutely. I actually wanted to dovetail with what you were talking about, even though you may not have tearing um, or any sort of visible external trauma, there is a lot that goes into the birthing process. And steam in and of itself, just as a medium, not even looking at the herbal piece of it, the medium itself has a lifting, tightening, and toning effect. So the medium itself helps things to reorganize and go back into position, then add the power of the herbal property on top of it. And you have a really gentle way of encouraging the body to reach towards homeostasis so that the organs will go back into position. Things will lift back into position. Um, women are spleen chi deficient, and this is where I'll, t- I'll bring the Chinese medicine piece into it, and deficient in a lot of areas because you've used all of your body resources to build a little miracle. So after that whole building process and birthing process, and then for a lot of women, that nursing process, process, you're using a lot of the fiber of your being in order to be able to create life. And so it is normal to be deficient in some of these areas. And this is where, from a Chinese medicine perspective anyway, some of these prolapses can start to sneak in because there isn't enough chi or energy lifting and holding the organs and their integrity in the positions that they should be, and things start to sink. And so using a medium that is lifting by its very nature 
plus the herbs themselves. It helps with prevention. Um, and again, again, this isn't like 100% guarantee. Nothing is, but it does help with lifting organs back into place to help prevent different types of prolapse, like uterine prolapse, bladder prolapse, rectal prolapse, all of these things that, you know, we normalize in our culture as, oh, I sneezed and I leaked a little, ha ha ha, right? A lot of women who've had at least one baby, we kind of like laugh and like, push that topic under the rug because for a lot of us, that is a quote unquote normal experience, but it's only normal because our culture has normalized it. And steaming after birth really does help prevent that from being a thing. Or if you've already had a baby, it doesn't matter whether you're in the immediate postpartum or you could be several years after it can help with the remedy of that experience later on down the road. I know that it did for me. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a little phrase comes to mind, common but not normal, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's common, but that doesn't mean it's normal. And if we normalize it, then yes, it becomes common and I, I suppose normal if the medical system doesn't have anything to offer you. You know, a good friend of mine, Ryan Stewart, I had him on my old podcast. I should probably have him come back, but he's he's a urogynecologist, meaning he specializes in, in incontinence and prolapse. And he's a surgeon, a really highly skilled surgeon. And, he, you know, he loves that phrase. He's like, for us to have normalized the experience of women who have had at least one baby, and some who've had no babies, that you're going to have a little bit of leaking from, or, or, or even like, you know, leaking of stool or, or, or gas or something from your, from your anus, like, that's not, like, we should not be normalizing this, mm-hmm. but we also don't have a lot to offer. You know, if you're having continence, you're talking about surgery, you're talking about topical estrogen if you're postmenopausal, um, maybe some biofeedback, maybe some physical therapy, but it's usually like, oh, we'll give that a shot for 12 weeks and ah, it didn't work. So onto the operating room, you know? So this offers Absolutely. at least a novel therapy for trying to help support the body in, in regaining its function um, after these really, you know, challenging events they go through. Absolutely. And I'll often recommend for women, if they haven't already considered reaching out to a pelvic PT to do so in tandem with their steaming, because, you know, this modality being used with pelvic PT is an incredibly powerful synergy between the two because pelvic floor steaming literally warms you up, kind of like warming up your muscles before you exercise in order for you to get the most out of your pelvic PT experience. So there's a lot of ways that this particular modality, even though I look at it from an Eastern medicine perspective, and it has a long history um, in Eastern culture, in other cultures as well. Um, There's a beautiful African tradition as, you know, in other parts of the country. But if you look at the history, you can literally find this practice on every continent. Thousands Um, of years back, I'm guessing. Exactly, exactly. And it's really only in recent history that it had kind of lost favor. Right around the same time midwifery had fallen out of favor. Now we're seeing a big rise in midwifery care again. Um, And we're also seeing that rise in vaginal steaming, um, pelvic floor steaming as a result of that. So 
so getting to what you were talking about, about how I use an Eastern medicine perspective, I look at the body and try to figure out um, whether it's in the postpartum, whether we're talking about menstrual issues, which um, is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. But um, I look at the body and I figure out what a person needs for heat, duration, and herbs based on the flags that their body is waving and saying, hey, please help a girl out. So in the post postpartum, you have lost blood, you've lost fluids. Um, women are often blood and yin deficient um, during that time frame because you've lost yin is substance in the body and you have taken the substance, literally the substance of your body and built a beautiful miracle and gone through this very um, intense delivery process, regardless of whether it's a vaginal birth or a cesarean, birth is work. Mm. And so you've gone through this whole experience experience and then your body is literally rebuilding its fabric afterwards. And so I talk with clients a lot about the importance of that golden month and resting, spending, you know, if at all possible, 10 days in the bed, 10 days around the bed and 10 days not that far from the bed because, you know, the more you rest and the more you guard your resources and all the foods that you eat are warm and you take the time to steam on a day daily basis, you are replenishing during that really tender window in your life to be able to literally hit a reset button on your health. We get three opportunities from an Eastern medicine perspective. We get three golden opportunities to hit a reset button on our health in our life. One is at menarche when girls start their periods. One is at menopause when we're getting ready to transition into our second spring. And one is in the postpartum. So every opportunity that you are in this postpartum window, you have a beautiful opportunity to replenish your immune system, to make it so that the fabric of your being is stronger than you were before, because there's a chronic problem in our country with um, postnatal depletion. And postnatal depletion can last up to 10 years if it's not properly addressed right after birth. And so, you know, looking towards these Eastern ways of doing things, um, you know, I find a lot of wisdom in in their philosophy about guarding your energy, replenishing the heat and the warmth and keeping yourself warm. And one of those ways to keep warm is vaginal steaming. Yeah. And to reiterate again and again and again, what we are not talking about here is you have a problem. Let's add this thing. You're not deficient in the herbs. The herbs no. are not replacing the yin. They're not replacing the physical matter that was just grown into a baby. It is facilitating your body's ability to replenish the stores naturally and return to a state of homeostasis. And the, Correct. I love what you said that, that we don't have to choose one modality and to compare this to pelvic PT is not fair because they work synergistically. Mm -hmm. And if you have a really well-trained physiotherapist that focuses on the pelvic floor, you can do wonders with that. If you were to combine that with something else, would the body be able to return in a more, in a quicker and in, in a more optimal way? The, a great example in the allopathic model of medicine, which is that diagnose, treat it with the drug. That works for certain things, right? If you've got a, mm -hmm. I always use the example of like, if you've got a knife through your head, you want somebody to probably get that knife out and stop the bleeding. We're, we're not going to steam our way out of that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and also we're not going to help the body return to homeostasis by leaving the knife in until the body decides to expel it. Like we're not, 
Obviously, right. that's in this box over here. But even something as simple as an infection, right? Like mm-hmm. people with recurrent um, cervicitis or recurrent BV or something like that. I'm sure that they can, they can, you know, they can benefit from this because the steam is again, you're not deficient in the steam. You're def- you have some imbalance in the microbiome. So let's help your body reestablish that normal balance. And um, you know, the Western model. You know, I, I use Western sort of uh, loosely because I don't think there's anything about the allopathic model that's necessarily Western. But I think everybody knows what I mean by that. If you develop a bladder infection or uh, any infection, we can treat it with an antibiotic. But it's not the antibiotic that you're deficient in. The antibiotic is helping the body to heal itself and return back to a state of of, of health, as opposed to that state of disease that it was in when you found them. And to give an antibiotic every month for that infection tells me. Sister, we got to get your body back into a state of balance so that it doesn't keep getting these infections. Where if, right. if we don't do that, then we're just treating the end result. We're palliating the symptom, giving the antibiotic, but the same dysfunction exists that led you to these recurrent infections or recurrent whatever, whether it's dysplasia or anything else. So um, anyways, it, it, you, you're, you're so beautifully well-spoken about this. Clearly, you've done this before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a few times, just a few times. A few times, times yeah. <laughs> Um, and since we are talking about yin and yang, I know that a lot of my PCOS patients tend to be very yang excess. So mm-hmm. you're going to have a slightly different strategy, I'm sure, for them. And as opposed to being a yin deficiency, we're in a yang excess. So we have to, it's a slightly different formulation, I'm sure. And and for everybody who's listening, the vagina is the inside, the vulva is the outside of the of the female genitalia. And then inside the, the, the vagina, you're going to find the cervix if you still have your cervix and uterus. Inside the cervix, through there, is where the sperm goes to meet the egg in the tube, which is actually beyond the uterus, but they, they meet inside the uterus, which is lined by this complicated uh, uh, fabric of different cells and glands, etc. And then beyond the tubes, there's actually a spill out into the abdominal cavity, which is where we find our ovaries and we find all of our peritoneal implants if we have endometriosis. So let's talk about PCOS first. And sure. have you had any success in, in, in helping women, um, I don't know, mitigate perhaps the menstrual issues that come with PCOS or, or any of the other issues with PCOS? Yes, absolutely. Um, that was actually one of my, I don't want to call it an undertaking, but it was one of the first areas that I really started working in um, was was PCOS, fibroids, and endometriosis when I first started my practice because they affect a large majority of women. Um, Pelvic steaming is amazing when you have polycystic ovarian syndrome because um, cysts from an Eastern medicine perspective um, are dampness. And Mm. so you're holding excess dampness in the body. And the reason for that often has to do with resources that the blood is looking for that it may not have access to, or it may have um, an excess of, depending on how someone's presenting. And so, um, so this is where steaming is really great because a lot of times dampness can resolve itself um, when you increase circulation. Mm. So, um, depending on the client's symptoms, I'll use herbs that will help to drain dampness, that will help to move the blood, and will help to nourish the blood. And a lot of times women start seeing their cycles going from extremely elongated or perhaps even missing to, um, to 
coming back into what a what a normal window should look like. So um, I don't know if this is something that you have outlined on a, a previous show, but a lot of people um, have kind of a varied idea of what normal, quote unquote, normal periods should look like. Um, anytime brown blood appears, this is not your period. <laughs> um, it's actually a flag. Um, it's a way that your body is like giving you a sign saying, hey, there's something that isn't really in balance here. Can you help me out? So one of the things that I do in my practice is I teach women how to read their bodies so that they are able to read the signs and in the symptoms that are presenting so that they are empowered to be able to um, help to balance this equation with their diet, with their movement, in addition to pelvic steaming. Sure. So that totally dovetails with polycystic um, ovarian syndrome. There are a lot of women who have cystic ovaries that get a diagnosis of PCOS, but haven't always had the right. blood work to right. back it up. So I, I work with them kind of the same way, regardless of whether they've had an official diagnosis. And then based on what their period starts to tell me, I make adjustments to herbs and the protocol and things in their diet in order to um, continue to help nudge the body um, towards homeostasis. So that it has all of the resources that it needs. So um, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, women in my practice have seen and, and have brought lab work to me to, to say, hey, I went and I had an ultrasound today and my cysts were six centimeters and now they're three. Um, you know, my periods went from being 35 plus days. I mean, my cycles, excuse me, went from 35 plus days. <laughs> 35 day and, period. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had a couple of those too, but not Whoa. through polycystic. But um, my, my cycles are no longer 35 plus days. They're now like 30 days and the period itself is lasting like six days, which is like a huge improvement because some of them are, once their period actually shows up, it'll last closer to 10. So it's really a great tool to be able to, it also relaxes the nervous system too. So like there's a lot of emotional as well as physical support that they get bringing it into their lifestyle. You know about the dangers of EMF. There's all kinds of books out there. God, you go into YouTube and type in 5G and its impacts on human health, and you're going to find uh, that there is a deep rabbit hole to go down here. We don't know exactly how or why, but there's a lot of hypotheses out there that medical scientists and researchers are really, really starting to dive into. I'm so glad. And so when you start learning this stuff, you realize, oh my God, I've got these powerful modems in my ears. My earbuds are, are projecting these powerful frequencies right next to my brain and then i got my cell phone right in my pocket all day long and it's just blasting my gonads all day with emf and this low-dose radiation has downstream consequences metabolic consequences it has uh, it impacts your nervous system given its metabolic connection it's implicit in um or complicit i should say in a lot of our chronic diseases like diabetes like cancer etc so you should be thoughtful about how to block this stuff. And if you're using biogeometry pendants, that's great. Those harmonize the vast majority of EMF around you from cell phone towers and everything else. But those little modems that are millimeters from your brain, you got to block some of that. And that's why you should go to waveblock.com. You can buy a pair of stickers for your earbuds. 
stickers for the backs of your cell phones. Take better care of yourself. This is an important step in achieving optimal wellness. So go to waveblock.com, use code BELOVED, and save 25% on all of their products. Every one of them. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Adrian. So for anybody out there who doesn't know about PCOS, what we're looking for is um, it's a it's a spectrum, right? So people either say you you either have it or you don't. That's not true. There, there's mm-hmm. any any pattern of anovulation is probably really a part of the spectrum of what we call PCOS. And what I if you're listening out there and you're a male practitioner of some sort who doesn't know a lot about gynecology, I know that we're getting more and more listeners like that. Every month, a woman is exposed to hormones from the brain, FSH, LH. They come from the brain. They tell the, the ovary to produce follicles. The follicles contain the eggs, right? And during the follicular phase, the endometrium is starting to thicken. You're starting to get a buildup of that. You've got estrogen that's increasing with the production of these follicles. Then there's a surge of LH, which is the luteinizing hormone from the brain. It triggers, it's it's actually a, a, an orchestration between a dominant follicle and the brain that tells this LH surge to happen, which causes one dominant follicle to open up, releases an egg. That egg then becomes a corpus luteum that produces a bunch of progesterone. If that egg isn't then conceived, the corpus luteum falls away. You get a plummeting of the progesterone, and that plummeting of the progesterone triggers what we call menstruation. So ovulation and menstruation are two very different things. And in a PCOS patient, we get this kind of sequelae of things. You have hyperandrogenism. You've got meaning you've got a lot of testosterone and other similar compounds floating around. You uh, generally are going to have some degree of metabolic dysfunction, right? So we end up with larger waist circumference. We end up with high fasting blood sugars. Um, And then, of course, there's going to be an ovulatory issue. You're going to have irregularity or unpredictability in your cycles. And then, of course, the ultrasonic finding of, I think it's something like greater than 12 follicles per ovary, and they have to measure 3 to 10 millimeters. It's like we try to quantify these things. But the bottom line is, if you're not having a regular predictable bleed, something is going on upstream. And it could be any of those things that we talked about um, in combination or in isolation. So so the steaming... um, the, the, the sort of technology or, or the mechanism behind steaming, even if we don't fully understand it, there's something magical about that too. The increase in circulation and this rebalancing act is ever present and ever important in something like PCOS, where we have a whole bunch of things that could be dysfunctional that's causing any part of that cycle to go uh, sort of astray. Um, anything you want to add to that? Because I, I feel like that's important. People don't really understand what's happening with PCOS. With PCOS, um, you can have a host of, like you, like you said, with the increase in androgen, sometimes women will have male patterned, uh, facial hair. Sometimes they don't. So like, you know, I have had a couple of clients who didn't have any of the metabolic symptoms, but had all of the rest of them and had gone undiagnosed for a long period of time. But just the way that they explained their period to me, I was like, oh, well, you may want want to talk to your practitioner about having some blood work done because, you know, this, this, and this make me think that, you know, that you, you are a candidate. Um, and it turns out that this person, it took her three practitioners, but she finally had the right set of things done and she has been officially diagnosed. But part of what, what quote unquote threw them off was the fact I had gotten her cycle into a 28 to 30 day cadence. So she wasn't presenting like a typical 
PCOS patient because she was having a five-day bleed with no brown after, no brown on the front end. She wasn't having a lot of cramping. She was having a period that would arrive day 28 to 30 of her cycle. So they were like, well, she's pretty regular, but she had all these other things that were showing up that made me go, ooh, but you really need to have some blood work done. So even though I work in this alternative modality, I'm very quick to to also take those same flags that I'm seeing and educate my client as to why they may want to bring in another medical practitioner into the equation because of something that I'm seeing. So the period tells the story. It's really incredible. Um, All of the things that you can get about a body just from a period. And I think it's beautiful that there was a book recently published called the fifth vital sign that is about the period being exactly that because it is. Women have this amazing organic computer printout every single month that says, this is what's going on in your system. You burnt it a little too hard this month, my friend, or you need a little more rest or you studied too hard or like your body will tell you exactly what happened and what it needs in order to be better rested and supported in the upcoming month. I love how you describe that. Yeah. Lisa Hendrickson Jack, I think is the author of the fifth vital you're referring to. Yeah. She's a, she's a wizard. She really is. And she's kind of taken the work of all of the predecessors and created a book that's 200 pages of just like straight up, like very easy to read. I, I recommend the book to everybody really. And it's um, an excellent read. It is. And the name of the, the the book, the fifth vital sign, this is critical stuff. Like, and, and I, I get blasted sometimes for this, but I say women are, are gifted with a monthly predictable bleed, right? Like you have menstruation. Men we ignore our health for years until we have a heart attack one day and we didn't realize, oh, there was some underlying endocrine issue that we just had no idea that was there. We were still doing our work and sleeping reasonably well. Again, we normalize, I can't fall asleep at night. Like it's not normal if you can't sleep at night, right? Mm-hmm. So that might be the only sign for a man, um, apart from that chest pain that starts to pop up and is in their 50s, that like, hey, there's an endocrine issue. There's a thyroid issue. There's all these things that, you know, women, you know, on the other hand, you have. Um, the opportunity to be able to assess whether you're ovulating and whether you're having a, a monthly bleed. Like if that's happening, you're probably in pretty good shape. We could probably fine tune it here and there, but if you're not, then whoa, instead of me just putting you on a birth control pill, why don't we yes. actually start to investigate what's going on upstream? So in some ways we could, I mean, our, our, our culture has demonized menstruation for, you know, centuries, right? But if we, if we could get past that and, and realize that, oh, instead of just blocking off that inconvenient bleed, I'm using air quotes on my end, what if we actually were to investigate and find out what is the underlying dysfunction that's leading to this downstream consequence? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and what I love about you, Adrian, is that you're, you're in your lane as a, as a steaming therapist, but in your work with women, you are actually going to be the first person that might identify that, whoa, what you're telling me about your periods actually suggests that you might have this other thing going on. I recommend you get these labs or I recommend you see this specialist. I mean, that's what, that's what we should all be doing is like, man, hey, I've got my court here. Dr. Riley has his court over here. Like, let's like collaborate. Let's, let's start to fuse these practices so that we can both focus on the things that we're really good at. I admittedly am not an expert in vaginal steaming which is why you're my, you're my gal. I send everybody to you. 
<laughs> and I and I love you have amazing people in your practice and I'm so grateful for all of their energy because it's this is a practice that I just wish every woman would know about. When I was going through my training, I had moments where I was like yelling at my computer <laughs> and my husband kept coming in and he goes, "Are you going to rage at the computer like the whole time that you're going through training?" And I'm like, "Yes, because we're not taught this stuff." We're not taught what a normal, healthy cycle is supposed to look like. We normalize PMS. We normalize cramps. We, I had no idea for as, as like spun up on my health as I was at the time that I started doing this work. I had no idea that the brown that I was seeing in my cycle was actually indicative of something. And so I'm like, holy cow, can I just, and um, so many of my clients, once I get done working with them, like in that first appointment, they usually conclude the appointment going, where has this information been my whole life? <laughs> and and I think some of it does come back to the point that you were making about the fact that we we. I, I don't want to say demonize, but we shame bleeding bodies in our culture. Like I was one of those girls that stuffed my pad up the sleeve of my sweatshirt and ran to the bathroom when I first started my period. And there's so many people that fall into that category because of the container that we live in. And instead of seeing it as as a, as a health sign and a, and a, a sign of even your longevity, like being able to hold on to your blood into your fifties is a, is a, is a longevity marker. So, you know, when people start going through menopause, like we also have this, this quirky idea in our culture that, you know, having, hot flashes and night sweats and, you know, feeling kind of on the verge of crazy is normal. And it's not. It's it's the fact that your body is starting to go through this yin deficient process. And so the heat, it's kind of like not having enough coolant in your car and the, and the engine starts to overheat. If you're putting enough of the right type of emollient, moisturizing things in your system, the car doesn't overheat. And there are many women who who, when they embrace this concept, can cruise through this transition with very few uh, hot flashes, or as one of my clients likes to call them, power surges. Um, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there are in this hormonal shift, there are mental transitions. Like, why is this my responsibility? And women start to think that they're crazy, but they're not. It's just a normal part of this this hormone transition and just one that we're not educated about and we don't talk about. And it's one of the things that I love about the work that I do is I get to share that with people. Yeah. You mentioned, I mean, you, you mentioned a whole bunch of stuff there that I want to dig into because the, the cramping part is especially one of these normalized things. And we keep going back to the normalization. That's like a part of the gaslighting process. It's like, oh, it's normal to have painful periods. Well, is it normal to miss like a week out of every month for painful periods? Uh, no, I mean, cramping might, might be okay, but like, debilitating pain, which more often than not is related to something like endometriosis, you know, or it could be pelvic floor dysfunction or whatever else. But all of these things, I think, probably would benefit with the support of vaginal steaming. So let's talk a little bit about that because a, a, a wide, uh, I'd say a, a, a good chunk of people who come to see me 
have been passed around in the medical system. They've been told it's normal. They told, you know, it's normal, normal, normal. But if you want to do something about it, again, let's shut down your ovaries or let's shut down the, the hormones from the brain to the ovaries using a Lupron, which is a GnRH agonist, yep. um, which basically puts you in this state of menopause. So you might be 36 and now you're in menopause. Great. Awesome, doc. You fixed my problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I obviously I say that in jest, but when we haven't educated women about their bodies or their health or what menstruation and ovulation is, mm-hmm. it's no surprise that people are like, I need, I need help. And they go to the OBGYN. That's who you're supposed to go to. And they're just kind of shut down. You know, the ovaries are just shut down. So, so tell me about your experience in, 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 in helping to support women with endometriosis or, or um, pelvic pain. Yes, absolutely. So endometriosis um, is, from an Eastern perspective, is an autoimmune condition. Um, There's starting to be some medical literature that is investigating that as as a concept, um, but it's still very much something that um, Eastern medicine views it that way and will um, diagnose people that way. And so I have a lot of success um, with my clients. Um, I'm not just a certified peristeam hydrotherapist. I'm also a Chinese nutritional therapist. So I use food a lot also because food is medicine. And so um, a big part of my success with my endometriosis clients is using pelvic steaming and um, blood nourishing herbs and um, helping to move circulation in addition to pulling some of the inflammation out of their system because part of what is disrupting the communication there is inflammation and um, my endometriosis clients have a lot of success um, when they pull um, like soy I, I tell them use wheat soy and dairy like you're deathly allergic to them avoid them like you're deathly allergic to them and usually people groan at me when I say that but it's true the more that they're able to be hyper vigilant about pulling some of these things out of their diet and making sure that they have things like um, like cod liver oil like a good quality fish oil in their diet and magnesium in their diet things like that we're able to control the inflammation equation in a really big way. And once we get them to a point where they're, they don't have little pop-up fires all through their system, their cycle goes, oh, I'm not in a state of distress anymore. I can actually turn my attention to this healing process. And I've worked with, I had endometriosis um, and I use it past tense because the symptoms don't control my life anymore. Um, and again, this is why PCOS endometriosis were like focuses for me when I first got started doing this work. But it's it's really amazing when you control your diet and the inflammation in your system, um, how that in turn does affect the reproductive system because unfortunately our reproductive productive system ends up getting the drawing the short straw when it comes to resources in the body because you know when you're in a state of fight or flight the body goes down the checklist and goes you need your eyes and you need you know your legs and the acuity of your mind in order to get away from the tiger but uterus Eh, you're not going to need the uterus unless you get away from the tiger. So when it's prioritizing things during that fight or flight, it kind of steals resources from this area in turn. And so menstrual dysfunction shows up first, oftentimes before you start seeing other symptoms in other areas of the body that would indicate that there's an issue in, in a dis, in a disharmony. So an anti-inflammatory diet, um, along with steaming to help control inflammation and move circulation, um, I'm able to work 
work with women to um, control their pain symptoms, to help regulate their cycles, um, to help build blood. So like a lot of times I'll have an endometriosis client that will show up and they will have only a three-day bleed or they might have like a two and a half day bleed, not even like a full three-day bleed. Um, And, you know, our culture goes, yay, look at that. We don't have a lot of days of bleeding. Go me. But in, but from my vantage point, you know, you should have at least four, four days. It doesn't have to be like the faucet's broken on for four days because that shows dysregulation too. But, you know, you are looking to have four days of a bleed you know, Chinese medicine says four to six is, is normal. Um, I typically will find people will, when they're in harmony, when their body is, is more harmonized, they will fall into a four or five day pattern. I've only had like maybe one or two clients that six was really their norm. Um, but, um, but it had all the other markers that everything was in balance. So six days is where they landed. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I'll have somebody that will come in with um, endometriosis. Like you said, they've been to a bunch of practitioners. Some of them have had laparoscopies to diagnose. Some of them haven't. Um, when you've had a laparoscopy, you do have some scar tissue to consider. Sometimes that with um, the lesions and, and things can create some pain or add some pain to that cramping situation. Um, so steaming will help to actually break apart scar tissue. Um, it's really, um, helpful to use that with like mine abdominal massage to help to break apart scar tissue. Um, but a lot of my clients who have, who have come to me saying I have a diagnosis or I'm suspected to have endometriosis, um, will, see a reduction in their pain, an increase in their blood flow, um, and their periods no longer control at least a week out of the month every month. Because there's also some women who will have like, I have um, had one in particular, one endometriosis client that came to me, she had like a whole week of cramping, like almost debilitating, but she could like push and soldier through it. But then like the very next week, her period would come. So like, and then she'd be like, out of work for the first like two to three days. Um, and then she like slowly be able to start getting back into normal activity. So she was losing almost two full weeks a month, one, one to pain and the other to pain in blood. And it was like completely controlling her life. And, you know, it, we, it's taken some time um, because again, we're just providing the tools for the body to be able to take those tools and go, oh, now I'm working like I've had eight hours of solid sleep at night instead of four hours of broken sleep. Yes, I feel fully resourced. (laughs) And so it takes those resources and it starts putting them to work, rebuilding, fixing, um, because cellular division is has its own divine wisdom. It right. knows what it's supposed right. to do. And if you remove the roadblocks out of the way, it will do what it knows how to do. Yeah, man, there's so much there. And I, I love that you also bring in some holistic, just general holistic lifestyle principles into your practice because you are responsible. You know that you don't have the magic bullet, like keep eating crappy food and drinking and partying and never sleeping. All you have to do is steam and everything goes better. You know, it gets better. And, um, a couple of things I'll add to that are that I do see a lot of, of these women, I mean, because they haven't found anything else and they're like, well, I've tried everything else on the market. I've had, and for the record, when you have surgery for endometriosis, yes, it can improve your pain, but 30% of women end up back in the OR. I think it's within like 24 to 48, uh, 
12 to 24 months, something like that. So, you know, you add up the toll of multiple abdominal surgeries and then, you know, heaven forbid you get pregnant and now you've had four crazy surgeries. There's all this scar tissue that puts you at high risk of bleeding and infection and, and just a difficult surgery in and of itself. And we forget that, right? We are so short-sighted. So when people come to me with this endometriosis pattern, right? And endometriosis is a, is generally a combination of, of painful cyclical ble- uh, periods, um, it can be uh, painful bowel movements. It can be painful intercourse. Like it's because the pelvis itself has all this adhesive disease and it's inflammatory in nature. So you start bopping around in there with a, you know, with a penis or something and you get all this pain from intercourse. So, yeah. so how can we then squelch the inflammation? We can take NSAIDs, we can take ibuprofen. Sure. But is that, again, is that fixing the problem or is there some leaky gut issue, some get gut dysbiosis issue? Like you mentioned, gluten, flour, processed sugar, alcohol, hydrogenated vegetable oils, like these are all things, including all those birth control pills people have been taking that completely disrupt the flora inside your intestinal tract, lead to a spaces forming between the enterocytes, the lining cells of your intestinal tract. And now proteins are getting into the blood and the, the, you know, Tom Brady, instead of being able to throw to his receivers, doesn't know which receiver to throw to, just starts peppering the whole field with balls, right? So your immune system gets out of, out of whack, starts firing on things and, while we think that retrograde menstruation is most likely a part of the problem here for endometriosis, where you get implants, endometrial implants in the abdominal cavity, it's the inflammatory process that's actually the issue. So squelching that and then looking upstream for causes is all part of the pro- the, you know, the, the program. And I do think uh, I have had a couple of, of clients who've done steaming. I don't know if any of my clients have gone to you for endometriosis, but it works nine times out of 10. They at least have some relief. And then it's like, okay, now your life is livable. Let's now start to hone in on the diet and the sleep and movement and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I find the synergy between all of those things really is the key yeah. to success with endometriosis clients. Um, and the results, like I just, I'm so excited every time I help someone be able to reclaim their life because, you know, so many women, whether it's endometriosis or just cramping in general, maybe it's not endometriosis driven, but, you know, because of challenges with circulation um, and, and overall bioresources just have really painful periods and they have a hard time to function. Being able to educate women about this kind of thing and what kinds of foods are working against them and instead of for them, because, you know, I'm looking at people's and this goes back to the Eastern medicine piece. You know, I'm looking at people's overall body constitution because there are some women who, you know, could have all of the right foods in their diet, but they're eating them all raw. Mm -hmm. And for some people's, you know, like you said, the gut flora isn't equipped well enough to be able to handle all of that raw food. Or, you know, from a Chinese medicine standpoint, if they are somebody that is like kidney yang deficient, for example, you need to be putting at least steamed food in that body so that the body doesn't have to warm it up to be able to break it down. And so, you know, helping people figure out what their body constitution is telling them um, 
makes a huge difference in the equation because then everything they're putting into their body is working in harmony with what they're trying to achieve instead of doing the cha-cha where you're taking two steps forward and one step back every month because then your period comes and you've lost some of those resources and you're trying to rebuild them but you know you're you're not doing it in the most efficient way and so um, it's really impressive how quickly women can see relief from endometriosis, PCOS, and other types of menstrual um, issues using steaming. And I think heat in general is a big part of it because women, a lot of women struggle with circulation in the lower dantian. So from like the belly button down to their toes, you know, women often will complain, my toes are cold or my hands are cold. It's not always the case, but there are a large majority of women that that is the case and that affects fertility. It affects your menstrual efficiency and Mm -hmm. function. And, you know, even just introducing heat to that lower part of the body makes a huge difference in terms of all kinds of efficiencies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, you're, I'm just going to leave it there. I have nothing even really to add to that. Uh, I I do think that, you know, continuing to come back and seeing this through a lens of rebalancing is super important. And um, we were just talking about the gut, right? 70-ish percent of your immune system lies in your gut. So if you have an issue with your gut, you're going to have an issue with your immune system. And um, it's no surprise that autoimmune conditions run rampant in the Western, the white, rich, you know, uh, the, the, the generally white uh, populations within wealthy nations are really the, the, the people that are um, generally experiencing autoimmune conditions. And um, we, when we talk about cancers and hyperplasia and atypia, right, especially in women's health, we're mostly thinking about the the uterus. We're t- also thinking about the ovaries, but the uterus and the cervix are the two areas that we, we talk about the most, um, at least with regards to prevention of disease. So let's talk a little bit about that here at the end of this interview. Um, your immune system, your T cells, your natural killer cells, those are all cells responsible for clearing out cells that are, are not playing by the rules. And they're starting to replicate faster. Um, they're starting to grow tumors, et cetera, right? So what we're talking about here is precancerous lesions in the cervix, in the vagina, in the uterus, and helping to rebalance the body's ability to clear out the bad and replenish the good. So here we are back to the very beginning of our conversation. And now let's talk a little bit about... Um, cervical dysplasia and endometrial hyperplasia. Sure. So I have worked with um, clients with both of those conditions that um, women who have HPV um, and and other types of infections. So I would actually kind of put that all into a heat category. It, From a Chinese medicine standpoint, it, there's a heat component to it. Um, <clears throat> there also is a, is a gut component to it. So women who have um, those recurrent infections that we talked about earlier, um, I work with those women not only using a blend of disinfecting herbs from the outside with the steaming. So you're kind of going after the bad guys at the source instead of taking the antibiotic and killing both the good and the bad flora from the inside out. And so this way, you know, you're able to maintain your gut flora so that it can repopulate the vaginal canal more efficiently to help break that recurrent um, infection cycle. So, you know, you can very effectively deal with infections with steam, but it has to be done with a certified practitioner because Mm -hmm. there's a very 
very specific heat herb duration equation that has to take place in order to not create a more hospitable environment for bacteria to thrive. Can, can I interject real quick? Sure. You said that uh, infection was a heat issue. Is it a lack of heat or is it an excess of heat? An excess of okay, heat. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. So, um, so I treat yin deficiency um, when I'm working with people that have infections. So I'm looking to build more coolant in the car, um, mm-hmm. which which helps the body to not have bacteria proliferate um, in in, in an inappropriate way. So sometimes it's also the fact that a lot of your common probiotics have kind of general strains. And there are two very specific strains of bacteria that you need for vaginal harmony. And so I'll add those two into people's Um, arsenal of things that they often will take um, when we're looking to um, balance vaginal ecology. And um, those two strains of bacteria often when you're you're weeding out the bad bacteria and you're repopulating with the good will help to break the cycle. But um, the herbs that I use in situations like that, I use very similar um, formulas um, for like yeast infections, BV, uh, UTIs that I would for cervical dysplasia, for example, because we're looking to deal with bad bacteria viruses right at the source. So um, the blend that I use has antifungal, antiviral, and antibacterial properties to be able to deal with all of those issues. Um, And I've had clients who have had, you know, a a cycle of, I go to the gynecologist, I have a pap, it comes back abnormal. Mm -hmm. Um, I have um, a cone biopsy, we check to make sure it's not cancerous. And then six months, I go back for a follow-up, you know, who've been on that uh, pattern um, of diagnostic pattern for years, um, start doing steaming with me and working on um, their gut, their digestive health, these types of things, and making sure that we're having enough yin-supportive foods and herbs in their diet and their steaming, they walk back in and are having normal pap smears, um, which is really great. I'm always an advocate for please make sure you follow up with your your gynecologist or the naturopath or whoever it is that's, you know, maintaining the the overall cadence of your health but I'm totally an advocate for please follow up and and it, see the see the proof all the work that you're doing there'll be a there'll be a test a lab test that will be able to validate that you are seeing changes here um, and it's really beautiful I had one woman really just from her heart break down in my office and be like, thank you for giving me my life back. This is the first normal pap I have had because she had been battling cervical dysplasia. This is the first normal pap I've had in 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we talk about cancer, we always think like, oh, it just popped up overnight. Like cancer takes about 10 years to develop and especially cervical cancer. You're looking at about 15 years from the initial exposure to HPV, human papillomavirus, and cancer, right? Like full-blown cancer. So we're talking 15 years. Imagine what we've done in 15 years in our personal lives, you know? So if you then are, you know, you you, you then develop cervical intraepithelial neoplasia, which is SIN. That's the way that we describe it on biopsy. If you develop um, 
I think it's sin two, sin three. It takes like three to seven years after that to turn to turn into cancer. So the reason I, te- I I say all this is that if you're doing a regular steaming practice, which is really again, it's an effort to help support the body through its journey to homeostasis, through all of the trials and tribulations of of a woman's life. Um, or a non-binary person's wife who was born female, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know if I'm using the right terms, but it's, um, it's uh, I, let me qualify what I just said. If you have a cervix, you should be thoughtful about whether or not you have HPV and whether or not you're going to develop cervical cancer. So, so if you've had normal paps your whole life, the reason we do pap smears Q3 to five years is because it takes a long time for any sort of change to happen within the structure the, the nuclear structure or the, the, the you know, cytoplasmic to nuclear ratio within the cells. And that's what the pathologist is going to see and say, oh my gosh, we're starting to see some bad changes here. If you're taking care of yourself through a holistic lifestyle and you've got a steaming uh, consultant on your side to just help you kind of go with the flow. And, and as you get into states of yang excess or yin excess, we're going to be helping your body rebalance that out using specific herbal formulations in this very simple technology of squatting on a stool, letting the steam go up through there, circulate around in the pelvis, in the in your genital structures, in order to help prevent those 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 early cells or HPV from even wrecking, you know, uh, minimal havoc on, on the mm-hmm. tissues in the skin there. So um, so all of this is to say that I, I think that there's a lot of uses for steaming, even in the early endometrial hyperplasia phase, which is the pre, it's not even precancerous until you have EIN to compare it to CIN. But hyperplasia is when, oh, there's a lot of tissue developing here. And if that tissue remains like that, like for example, in a PCOS patient where you're not getting that that regular bleed, you might not be bleeding for two months at a time. If that that those cells are just laying there, like they start to do funny things, right? And that's when they become atypical, and that's when we start to see this EIN picture present. But similarly to to cervical cancer, it takes years for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're taking care of ourselves, we're we're supporting the soil, we're using steaming as a means of balancing out the the excess or the deficiencies, then it's reasonable to, reasonable to presume that your body is going to be okay, and you're not going to develop one of these potentially, uh, very, very potentially life-threatening conditions that would otherwise be treated with high-dose hormones or would be treated with radical surgery and chemo and, and you know, radiation and all that other stuff. So anything else you wanted to add about that? I, I, I kind of took us off on a tangent there, but. No, um, I, all of that's wonderful. And I, I, the only thing I wanted to add is that um, even though we don't typically use it here in the United States as um, as a clinical approach um, towards working with these concerns, um, you can find uh, documentation in like Korean PubMed, for example. They have documentation where they're using it in a clinical setting to work with people who wow. have cancer. So, um, you know, just because the study isn't done here in the United States doesn't make it any less valid, although that is something that I do find can be a challenge when I'm trying to educate people about the the incredible benefits of this steaming practice. Um, but you can find um, 
steaming being used in a clinical setting for this and other purposes in India, in Korea. Um, you know, sometimes you also have to ask the question, who is doing the investigation and what, <laughs> yes, what right. they want the study I mean, to say. Right, right. <laughs> but because there's that also, yeah. um, I can think of a couple of those. But um, but it's really beautiful to see. Um, and, and I look towards Korea because they have more um, in the Korean PubMed about it. But uh, I think it's really great um, that that the visibility of this practice as being a supportive modality for overall health and wellness is is finally reaching it more people yeah, <laughs> because sure. everybody yeah. can benefit from this regardless of your phase of life. You don't even have to be in your bleeding years. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. So let's cut a couple softball questions. Um, Adrian, if I sit my sensitive parts on a stool over hot, piping hot water, isn't it going to burn me? Um, so I'm going to tell you what I tell all of my clients <laughs> about that, which is if you exercise basic kitchen safety and you put the sensitive part of the skin on the back of your hand over the opening and check to see if it's too hot before you sit, it's just like testing the bath water before you sit in it or you put baby in it. Right. So if it feels gentle then you're safe to sit. If you start to sit and things feel uncomfortable, you stand up and you let the steam blow out until it feels more comfortable on the back of your hand and then sit down again because this practice should feel very gentle and relaxing, like you're sitting in a nice warm bath, but not prickly or uncomfortable. So there would be any risk at all to burn. Right on. Okay. Um, next question. Uh, I'm not ready for a consultation, but I really, really, really want to try steaming because my uh, mother-in-law has a uh, recommends I do these herbs. Where can I get a stool? Like, where do I get one of those things? Well, uh, Moon Essence does uh, make stools, um, but what I would advise people is if you're looking for a stool, be careful of how you're selecting them because if they are treated on the inside or if they are painted on the inside or if they are plastic, mm. you have concerns about chemicals being steamed into places you don't want them. Wow. So um, while Moon Essence does offer them and we don't treat the inside of our our boxes. Um, there are lots of really great um, people out there on the Steamy Chick Marketplace. There are some on Etsy, um, but make sure you're looking for one that is really solidly built, um, that is being made with solid wood and not the the um, that press board that has like several layers that pressed together because again, you're looking at chemicals in that sealing process, not to mention several steams in, they'll oh, start to separate <laughs> and then you will have spent all that money and it won't last. Yeah, um, yeah. But like the boxes that we make at Moon Essence, they're solid pine or solid poplar so that you don't have any of that issue. Poplar has some of its own natural antimicrobial properties, um, oh, which actually... Yeah, isn't that cool? Really so cool. it actually minimizes some of the amount of treatment that the wood requires in order to keep it um, in good condition. Um, but we build them with, you know, stainless steel screws and things like that so that no amount of condensation is going to create an issue because you should only have to buy the stool once because this is going to become part of your lifestyle. So it's going to become a fixture in your house. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last softball question, and then uh, we'll wrap up here. 
Um, we haven't talked about the perimenal and the perimenopausal, postmenopausal um, patients. I think a lot of a lot of people think that these technologies are all just for like, you know, we just talked we talked basically the whole time about menstruation and, and cycling and whatnot. But what about after that? What is the benefits sure. to postmenopause um, for this? So um, when your cycle is healthy, it eases the transition through perimenopause and menopause. Because a lot of times when you're reaching that perimenopausal place and your hormones are starting to shift, that's where people start, you know, maybe you had a little murmur of menstrual dis-ease ahead of time. So maybe you had some clots or you had some brown after your period or before your period. Maybe you had just cramps on the first day. They weren't debilitating, but they were there. And then by the time you get to perimenopause, as your hormones start to shift, it's like it shines a great big spotlight on, (laughs) hey, hey girl, what's up? this is what's not working right. And so all of a sudden you're throwing large clots and your cramps are lasting most of the time. And all of a sudden your period is irregular and you're like, what the heck? I've never had problems with like this with my period before. And so, you know, menstrual regularity and health puts the power of your fertility in your hands because it makes sure you have healthy cervical mucus, you know when you're ovulating, and it allows you to either plan to get pregnant or to prevent pregnancy. Now you're moving into that perimenopausal menopausal phase. The health of your period still dictates the health of how you move through these phases. Because if you're going into it in balance, you're going to naturally weather those hormonal transitions as you make your way through this phase of your life. Your hot flashes won't be as bad. You're not going to have the night sweats at the same extreme level. You're you're not going to have some of the emotional symptoms that show up in that time frame that make women feel like they're losing their mind. Um, When everything is in balance, you can very gracefully make that transition through those, those phases. And then once you're coming through menopause, you have a very clear understanding of has my period stopped or not? Because I've had some clients that have come to me thinking that they had made the transition through menopause and actually they were just showing an imbalance and we actually restored their cycle to a healthy cadence and they were like oh now I'm having mixed feelings about this because I thought it was done but when they actually started making the transition their period would disappear for a few months but when it returned it returned in that same healthy four to five days no cramps red blood you know, no other adverse symptoms, and then it would disappear gracefully Mm. again. And so by the time they got to that year mark with no period, they knew they were done. And there was no question about whether they had made the transition through menopause. And then in menopause, um, in that postmenopausal period, you're going to be looking at balancing your yin because you still can occasionally have hot flashes. Um, women who've never had UTIs before sometimes will all of a sudden start seeing UTIs and they're like, oh, yeah. what is this? I've never had this happen before. And it's because there's not enough coolant in the car. Huh. And so I can help them not have those types of symptoms take over their lives. Painful sex sometimes with vaginal atrophy, um, particularly if they've had an episiotomy with a husband stitch, is a really big concern once you're going through that menopausal and into that postmenopausal 
place because as that skin thins and the then the muscles are different because you're you're talking about a, a change in your hormones from before sometimes penetration is incredibly painful oh, yeah. and so if you they steam before they are intimate or if they steam before they go to bed they're able to deal with insomnia they're able to deal with the painful sex i've had some postmenopausal women who've come to me simply because they're like my marriage is just so strained right now because physically this process really hurts me and i emotionally want to be with my partner but i can't be yeah. because it physically hurts and yeah. so we're able to build yin and and lubricate the and help the body to produce Produce its own lubrication because it stimulates the periurethral glands and they're able to be intimate with a lot less additional lube. Um, you know, steaming does half of the foreplay process. It brings circulation to the pelvic floor and helps bring all that, that great blood flow so that things are sensitive. So, you know, it's a really useful tool to be able to make your postmenopausal years very comfortable and yeah. very successful and prevent prolapse at the same time. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, we didn't even really talk about prolapse, but if we can circulate blood to tissues that are starting to weaken due to the, you know, paucity of hormones and whatnot, um, what if we could help to reestablish that blood flow? And um, and it's it's sort of like a vaginal vulvar rejuvenation practice. Um, you know, in addition to perhaps even some of the other therapies like the pelvic, you know, pelvic physiotherapy or topical estrogen. I know a, a lot of people are using, or even hormone replacement therapy. I mean. Again, this is an added layer of support to the body, and um, I think it's a great. I think it's a great addition for so many things. And I'm so happy that we got in touch because you've been ho so helpful to my patients. And and it's again, it's like I can't be the everyman. I'd rather just have somebody who knows what they're doing and just send them over to Adrian. And um, so, if anybody out there wants to work with you, Adrian, how can they find you? Um, how do you like to engage with people? Sure. Um, so there's lots of ways that you can reach out to me. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my handle is um, Moon Essence Me. Um, you can reach out to me through my website. I do have an online booking portal on there. Um, if you are not in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, feel free to send me an email. Um, it's adrian at moonessence.life um, and we can find a time that fits your time zone. Um, I even though I'm in Eastern Standard Time, I work with people all over the world because I'm really passionate about women being put in the driver's seat of their reproductive health. Um, and so, you know, reach out to me any of those ways. There's ways through the website as well as direct message. I get a lot of people that come through Instagram. Yeah. Um, and so just find me, look me up. You'll get a lot of information from my feed because my feed really is all about education so that women know what they don't know. Yeah. Right on. Thank you, Adrian, for doing this. Thanks for giving, giving so much of your time today. And um, uh, I will be sending you more people very shortly. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful experience and I really appreciate you sharing this practice for women. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode with Adrian Irizarry. If you're liking this show and you want to see this show uh, flourish, 
play with the big boys, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It takes five seconds, and it really, really, really helps us out. Thank you so much for doing that. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Adrian. Um, for your information, I am going to start pelvic steaming myself in order to try to intentionally decrease my sperm count or motility um, as a complement to our fertility awareness methods, because I think we're we're done having kids. Of course, spirit babies have their own agendas sometimes, and they will find their way in if they really want to. But we're going to try to optimize our uh, situation here um, because I'm trying to avoid the vasectomy at all costs. But, you know, it comes down to that. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But we're going to try this for a month. Adrian made me a blend of herbs, and, um, and we're going to give it a go. Plus, I'm, like, super stoked to just be able to sit on a stool and have some me time, 20 minutes of me time a day. And um, that's going to be lovely. So... Anyways, going to be lovely for somebody, right? I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. How about that? We're going to do a semen analysis before and after. It's going to be another application of the many applications for, for pelvic steaming. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find me at belovedholistics.com if you need a consultation. You can also uh, join my collaborator program. I've got a lovely newsletter I send out every week. Going to make a donation. We are 501c3. Lots of goodies await. Books, supplements, essential oils, tinctures, face serums, all kinds of things. So please go to the website at holisticobijuanpod.com if you're interested in making a tax-deductible donation. You can also find the show notes there. And um, it is my pleasure to continue serving you in this way. My name is Dr. Nathan Riley, and um, I bid you farewell until the next time on the Holistic Obijuan Podcast. Take care, everybody. <laughs>